Atlanta, Georgia, with continued service to Dallas Fort Worth International Airport. All carry on items should now be. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. Bienvenidos, bienvenidas, bienvenidex. Um, welcome. Almost forgot that one. Still not speaking English fully all the way. Au uh, bismillah. That is horrible pronunciation. It's supposed to be Bambara. Bambara is the language of Mali. That's the language I'm learning now. Um, yeah, I was learning Chinese, but things have been changing so quickly now these days. Um, like, as I'm sure you can tell, the difference in the quality of audio. Now, I didn't say the audio is better. It's just different because I'm back in the United States. Um, I left Morocco last week, and I'm back in the United States. So that's basically what I'm going to be talking about this week, how um, the Peace Corps evacuated all 7,000 plus volunteers from around the world back to the United States due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I actually had already recorded this and I didn't want to record it again, but I told myself that I should because it was really hard to talk about and it was it just did not come out right. Um, so I'm recording it again, and hopefully I can make it make sense this time. If this is your first time joining me, my name is Bria, and I am now a returned Peace Corps volunteer after only six months out of a two-year service in Morocco. I was serving in the youth development sector, so I was focusing on educational programs, um, public health, women um, and gender development, but unfortunately, because I was only in country for six months out of a two-year service, I didn't get a chance to really develop a lot of those programs like I wanted to. So I was mostly teaching English and mentoring and tutoring youth. Um, yeah, that's where I left off before the whole COVID-19 pandemic really popped off. I really wanted to tell my story because there's not a lot of information out there about the Peace Corps global evacuation, even though it is something that's really historic. But I think the experience of being a US national in another country doing a job abroad and being forcibly taken away from that really shows and highlights how government protection and um, the amount of security that governments can offer us is really limited in the face of natural disasters and things like pandemics. I think that in situations like this, those kinds of insecurities naturally come out, but the way in which that this happened with Peace Corps, I think it's a really important story that needs to be told in the midst of everything going on with the coronavirus. And I'm just going to go ahead and apologize in advance because I know that this story is probably going to come out pretty disjointed because it's fresh in my mind, but there's still a lot of feelings around it that make telling the story really confusing. Um, like everybody else right now, Peace Corps volunteers are feeling really, or returned Peace Corps volunteers rather, are feeling really insecure. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's kind of like we came from out of the frying pan into the fire, you know, there were not that many cases of COVID-19 in Morocco at the time that we left. Um, there's nowhere near as many in Morocco now as there are in the United States. So a lot of us felt like we were coming into a more dangerous situation. And when you're in another country and you're really disconnected from the news and the media and things going on in your country, you don't 
really get a true sense of what things are like. But just seeing pictures of empty um, grocery store shelves and things like that when you're in a country where you don't even go to the grocery store typically, it was crazy. It was really scary. So we were feeling really afraid of going from a situation where we felt safe to something where we didn't have a job, nothing was going to be open, we were potentially exposed to the virus, and we were going to have to be put on quarantine for at least two weeks. And a lot of people in Peace Corps have um, compromised family members that they lived with that they weren't prepared to come back to, especially in a situation like this. So there were a lot of complications that had us feeling really afraid when we found out that we were going to be evacuated. But we didn't have time to prepare for any of those things because the evacuation took place over about a course of three to four days total. So we only had three days to completely close our service, not just tie up loose ends with grants and debts and leases and bills, but also with people that we had relationships with, our friends, our work partners, our counterparts, with each other, with other volunteers as well. So it was, it was really abrupt and it was really heartbreaking. So I'm going to be talking about the experience of Peace Corps Morocco specifically, and even more specifically, I'm going to be talking about my cohort or my stage. There are two stages in country at a time. I think at the time of the evacuation, there were about 200, 180 volunteers in the country, so my stage made up about half of that. We had been in the country for six months, and the other cohort above us was in the country for about a year and three months. So when everything really started to spiral out of control with COVID-19 in Morocco, Stage 101, my cohort, we were in the midst of our in-service training. Our in-service training was in Marrakesh. I know it sounds so nice. Imagine going to a work conference in a touristic place like Marrakesh. And at the time, the virus didn't seem that serious to all of us. Like I said, not being in the United States, in a country where there are a lot more confirmed cases and deaths than Morocco at the time, I think during our training, there was only about, I don't know, 17, 20 to 17 cases, in the, well, confirmed cases in the entire country at the time. So we weren't really thinking about it. And if you know anything about Marrakesh, you know there's this big square called Jamalafna, I think, where... You know, when you think of Marrakesh, when you see pictures of Marrakesh, that's the place that you see with all of the people and the snake charmers and the monkeys and stuff. So we were still going there. You know, we were going to the Medina. We were going shopping and getting some souvenirs. We weren't concerned about being exposed to COVID-19. So that was our state of mind before and during the time that the evacuation started. The Peace Corps doctors did come out to speak to us about how to, you know, practice social distancing. They gave us hand sanitizers and things like that. So Peace Corps was aware that, you know, we're doing something that is a little bit risky, but we're going to, you know, like I said, keep business going as usual. I think they didn't want to incite any fear in the volunteers by canceling the conference. But when it came down to it, out of a week-long conference, we only got through about four days. And... On the fourth day, Peace Corps told us that we were going to cancel the remainder of the conference and we had to go back to our sites and we were going to be put on stand fast. So this is the first stage of the evacuation. 
And at this point, people's emotions just did a complete 180. You know, like I said, we went from going out, we were on public transportation, we were going out into the Medina, going out in big groups of people, of Moroccans and Americans, like 20 plus people going out into the city, having a good time together. And then suddenly we found out that we were leaving Marrakesh and we're potentially leaving the country. The real drama is that Peace Corps volunteers don't all serve in one place. We serve all over the country of Morocco. So if you know anything about Morocco, you know, it's a really mountainous country. It has a lot of different, um, like geographical, not geographical climates, but like there's a lot of different geography there. So some people are coming from the desert. Some people are coming from the high Atlas mountains. Some people are coming from the beaches in the far north, north and in the west. Some people, it takes two days to get to Marrakesh. So these people and their Moroccan work partners who came separately, they had to suddenly turn around and travel another one, two days, 12 hours, 16 hours, and go back to their home communities. So it was really devastating and unfortunate that Peace Corps had to do this at this time, or not Peace Corps had to do this, but just that this happened at this time, because in this training, it's where we got to see our friends, our other uh, volunteer friends, and see them with their work partners that they had been working with for the last three months. Um, and we got to talk about the projects that we wanted to start and how to develop those projects and how to gain more skills to be further integrated into our communities and how to write grants. Just, we were learning a lot of information. Our service was really on an uptick. We were really about to start to develop the projects that we came to Morocco to do in the first place. Fortunately for me, my community was not very far from Marrakesh, so I was able to make it back home in about three hours or so. And um, we just, when we got home, we immediately had to pack everything in our apartment, do an inventory on our things, prepare to give them to people in our community, pack our bags, pack, you know, two years worth of things, and come back to the United States within two or three days. Honestly, I don't even know what's going to happen to my apartment. It's a mess. I was, it was a mess. My apartment is a mess. Um, there were things that my parents had recently just sent me that I wanted from the United States. Ironically, I mean, I guess it's not really ironic because now I'm back in the United States and the things that I wanted, I still can't access because everything is closed. But just, I had to leave a lot of stuff there. I mean, could you imagine if somebody told you right now, you're going to be leaving your country for two years, grab everything you can and go tomorrow. I mean, that's essentially what's happening in reverse, I guess. So at this point or around this point, Peace Corps' decision um, with what is going to happen eva after evacuation was to put us, my stage, stage 101, on administrative hold. The Peace Corps-wide policy when it comes to evacuations is that no matter how long you have been a volunteer, your service is closed. So you will no longer be a volunteer. You are considered a return Peace Corps volunteer. Um, so if you were serving in your country for one month, you're now a return Peace Corps volunteer and your service is over. However, we were put on administrative hold because like I said, this is something that has just 
never happened. We were put on administrative hold and we were told that we were going to get a per diem until Peace Corps figures out what we were going to do, but that actually didn't last that long. So more so about what was going on in my personal life at this point in the story, um, I mean, it was just really unfortunate that all of this happened when it happened to happen because in the beginning of your service, you have travel restrictions because Peace Corps wants to encourage you to stay in your community and integrate. So I didn't have a lot of time to see my friends who I had built really tight relationships with during my training. I didn't get to see them basically for the rest of my service. The week that we had or the time that we had during our in-service training was the first time I had seen my close friends or any other volunteers, any other Americans in months. So it was really sad that this had to have happened when it did because we had a lot of plans to go see different parts of the country that we hadn't seen, to see people we hadn't seen in months, to plan trips and to plan projects, collaborating with different volunteers in different parts of the country, bringing in people from our community to work with people in parts of the country that even they hadn't been before. So anyway, back to the note of what was going on in my personal life at this time. It's probably going to be kind of shocking for my friends and family back home, but my partner that I had during, for the time of my service in Morocco, he was Moroccan. He was from Morocco. Um, I met him two years ago when I was studying Arabic in Spain. My Arabic tutor, she had lived in Morocco, and when I went there for the first time, she put us in contact because he speaks English. Anyway, so yeah, I had told him that you need to come see me tomorrow when I when I got back to my site. I told him you need to come you need to come here tomorrow because I'm going to be leaving the country and I don't know when I'm going to see you again. I was really glad and grateful that he came and I was able to see him in my last day as a volunteer in the country, but it it added just more emotion and it just made the roller coaster even more crazy. I mean, we had a good day as best of a day I guess you can have when you're saying goodbye to somebody you really care about and you don't know when you're going to see them again. But when we were having lunch, we were looking at the news and everything and we saw like, oh, the airports had closed. And foolishly, optimistically thinking, we're like, oh, okay, like, you know, now we don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, I was telling him like, Peace Corps is a government organization. They're responsible for 200 Americans during a pandemic. They're not going to leave us here. And that's what happened. So a few hours later, you know, we were having a good time, just spending time together. We found out that we were going to be evacuated. So when I got the email, I just broke down. Like I started bawling in the street because, you know, I had just seen him for the first time in months and I was going to be leaving something that I wanted to do since I was a kid. I first thought about Peace Corps when I was a senior in high school. One of my favorite teachers in my senior year, my AP Gov teacher, Miss Bodner, she was amazing. She was a Peace Corps volunteer. I remember before graduation talking to her about serving in Peace Corps. 
And the fact that I was actually able to do it and I was able to do it in a country that I was already learning a language for, that I was really interested in the culture. It was just crazy the fact that Peace Corps even happened for me. And now I just got this email telling me that everything that I had wanted for years was going to be taken away from me. And everything that I had been enjoying doing, although (laughs) Peace Corps volunteers, although we complain, it was something that I cared about that was certainly going to be taken away from me within the matter of a day. Oh god, I know I keep referencing different frames of time, but like I said, everything is still like all over the place in my head. But one thing I did want to mention was the reason for the evacuation. So obviously COVID-19 is a serious pandemic and we as Americans cannot be in another country and not be able to leave in a crisis like this. So Peace Corps told us that the reason we were being evacuated was because of the border closings and the airport closings. So if there was a volunteer that needed to be medevaced because of a any type of health-related issue that could not be done in Morocco, you know, procedures in every country are done differently, and Peace Corps wants things done by American standards. So, yeah, I'd say a lot about that. But... If there was something that Peace Corps wanted us to have done in America that could potentially be life-threatening, like I had a (laughs) life-threatening emergency while I was in Morocco, but if it was necessary to send somebody back to the United States to do a medevac and they couldn't do it, you know, that's going to be on their head. So that was the initial reason that we were told that the evacuation was beginning. But also, in hindsight, in the case of a pandemic, we did have our own doctors, but if, if there was something like that that were to happen, especially something related to COVID-19, we can't be foreigners clogging up Moroccan hospitals when Moroccan citizens need that treatment. Also, all of our work locations were closed. So we work in schools, youth centers, women's centers, and because of the coronavirus restrictions, all of those places were closed. And... I think they had told us they were going to be open in two weeks, but I don't think that they're open yet, and I don't think they're planning on opening anytime soon. So we had no work. We had no way of getting back to our country in case of emergency, so it was time to go. So at this point, we ended up all leaving from different parts of the country, consolidating in groups, and the government of Morocco graciously allowed us to do that because we were obviously breaking the restrictions for the um, coronavirus social distancing guidelines and we all met up in the capital, consolidated for a few days, took care of some logistical stuff, signed paperwork and we were on our way back to the United States. Like a lot of other Peace Corps volunteers, our flights kept getting delayed but I think we ended up leaving on the last flight out of Morocco us and the the people from the embassy and some study abroad kids we were some of the last people to leave the country so that's it now we are back in the united states um our service was closed so we are no longer active volunteers like we thought that we would be we literally found that out when we arrived in the united states We found out that we were no longer Peace Corps volunteers like they initially told us that we would be and we would be coming back to the country, but our service has been closed 
I understand because if we're still volunteers, Peace Corps needs to provide us some kind of, you know, per diem, which they could not do that for 200 plus or however many thousand volunteers um, that they just paid to send all back to the United States from the farthest reaches of the earth. Because, like I said, the situation is so unprecedented. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We don't know if we're going to be invited back to serve as volunteers and just reapply and go back to the countries and places that we were originally serving in, or if we would just, after a year or so, have to reapply for another 27-month service and potentially go to different countries. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, Peace Corps did offer us some benefits that are promised to return volunteers, but people that were in training at that time do not qualify for those benefits. So there's a lot of elements to this. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think volunteers who were not able to quarantine with their family, uh, they were given some kind of compensation to stay at a Motel 6 or something. I don't know. I wasn't one of those people, fortunately. I know one question I heard from a lot of volunteers was about unemployment because we all gave up our life for two years. Some were more self-sufficient than others and, like I said, didn't have places to go. But, you know, you can't leave anything behind when you're going to leave your country for two years. It's a long time. Um, and I know that some people were able to get jobs, but the question was about unemployment. And we were not, were not eligible to, to file for unemployment because technically our relationship with Peace Corps was not that of an employee. We were just volunteers, so the answer to that was a flat-out no. But I think everybody has their situation taken care of as of now. As far as I know, everybody has a place to stay. Everybody is home safely. Um, I know that some people were really sick, so I'm sure that a lot of us were exposed to COVID-19. Um, whether it was at the airports or whatever, but, you know, it's it was just a necessary risk getting back to the United States. I'm feeling better now. I'm certain that I had it. Like, I'm pretty sure I had it. But I'm feeling a lot better now. But to all of those people that I served with, I just want to say, like, thank you guys so much. I know I was that person. I'm literally always <laughs> that person. But my service would not have been the same without everybody who was there in Morocco with me and I want nothing more right now than to go back and continue to serve with you guys. As far as my personal plans for the future, hopefully they involve going back and continuing to serve in Morocco, but if not, I'm going to go back to, Mor to Morocco regardless. I'm going to continue doing my blog, but I've decided, my partner and I have decided that we're going to get married because unfortunately in situations like this, you have to make long-term decisions in a short amount of time, just like we had to do with Peace Corps. Peace Corps had to make a really serious decision. And for a lot of us who are facing uncertainty, whether financially, as far as work, in our personal lives, that's actually all of us. But sometimes you just have to make those kinds of decisions in a short amount of time. So for us, we decided it's better if we're able to legally stay in the same country. Um, yeah, it's, it's not the best way we would have liked for this to happen, but this is life. 
obviously we don't even know when that is going to be possible. We don't know when we're going to be able to leave the country again. I'm still holding out hope the next time I leave the country, it'll be to return to Peace Corps and return to my site and return to my community. But for now, I'm studying to be a medical interpreter. Thankfully, I have a degree in Spanish, so I'm qualified to be a medical interpreter. I'm also thinking about going back to grad school. There are a lot of programs that are willing to help out Peace Corps volunteers, especially in this situation. But I'm focusing on getting my interpreting certification right now. But at the end of the day, my heart is still in Morocco. I want to go back to my community. And it's just really heartbreaking that this is the way that we all had to leave. I know that everybody I served with is heartbroken. Not everybody. There are some people who are ready to leave, but I definitely was not one of them. I made a commitment, and I want to follow through with it. But even if I can't, that's okay. Like I said, this this is life. This pandemic is a lot bigger than Peace Corps, and it's a lot bigger than my service. But still, at the end of the day, I was a resident in Morocco, and I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Morocco. And Morocco is a part of my life. It's always going to be a part of my life. It's part of my experience as a human being. It's a part of who I am now. You know, I was a resident there. Just like Spain. Spain is still a part of my life. I was a resident in Spain. It's I consider these to be my countries because they shaped me at such a fundamental time in my life. And nobody is ever going to take this experience from me for whatever reason, whatever your opinion on my services, because I wasn't there for that long. If you think I wasn't there long enough to have made a difference, if you if you disagree with Peace Corps, if you disagree with me being in a relationship with somebody in Morocco, I don't care. Nothing is ever going to take away how much I love that country and how much I love the people in my community and what service means to me. So I guess I'll just leave it at that.